0: Connecting life and faith. This is connections.
1: When we think about sort of a planning or legacy planning, we, we think firstly of the financial part of it. You know, how are we gonna divvy this up or who's getting what? And I think really the first thing that needs to be sort of what kind of wisdom do I want to pass on to my my children? Uh-huh, what's yeah. what's the legacy of wisdom and values? It's definitely a different way to look at things, a new perspective. We're joined today by Merv Peters of Fresh Ground Financial. Today in Connections, he's going to share with us the importance of estate planning and why we need to start now. Merv Peters joins us today from Fresh Ground Financial. Today we're discussing estate planning.
0: Merv, uh, a lot of us know the saying, two things are certain in life, death and taxes. We've talked about taxes before. What do we need to think about, though, when it comes to death and our finances?
1: Well, the chances of death are, are pretty good. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you figured out something else that the rest of us don't know. Like right. We're all on it. Um, yeah, one of the things I think that I've really become aware of over the last number of months, maybe number of years is the the desire for parents, and I guess I would say older parents, to talk to their adult children uh, about their wishes when it comes to estate planning. And now these are not folks that are planning on dying or they have illnesses like that, but they would just like to open up that discussion with their children because I think adult parents, they have this wish to relay or this desire to relay their wishes uh, to their children and to allow their uh, their children to ask questions of them. I think the issue often becomes neither side is really sure how do we open up this conversation because from my experience, I've had adult children say to me, "I wish we could have these conversations or this conversation with our aging parents." Yeah, because we would really like to know kind of what's their their heart's desire but it doesn't want we don't want it to look like well come on mom and dad
0: yeah i don't want to come to my parents and say hey how much money am i getting when you die and to come across <laughs> that way and like can you hurry up right? yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but but to simply know what do they want to happen when they're gone right
1: and i think in in many cases when we think about sort of a estate planning or legacy planning we we think firstly of the financial part of it yeah you know, how are we going to divvy this up or who's getting what? And I think really the first thing that needs to be sort of what kind of wisdom do I want to pass on to my my children? Uh, yeah. What's what's the legacy of wisdom and values? And that's where I think it is so wonderful when families can have these conversations together prior to there being an illness, prior to death being imminent, Yeah. Uh, So if the parents can pass on to the next generation what is important to them, what they value, I think it creates rich, rich conversations. I think it can really deepen the relationship with them because these are now heart-to-heart conversations. It's not about money. It's what am I passing on as a Mm -hmm. legacy to my children, to my grandchildren. And the children then get to ask the parents to clarify things for them. And I think then once the the parents do pass away and now the finances are moving or whatever, but the children will look at it very differently because they know what the parents' heart's desire was for this.
0: You often hear of those heartbreaking stories when a parent dies and then the will comes out and the family gets torn apart. There's surprises in the will and there's – it's kind of – It'd been unclear until that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And then it rips families apart. So yeah, it's an important piece of keeping your family together after you pass on to make it clear beforehand, I guess.
1: And it's often just those little conversations that are missed where things like that hmm. happen. And and now for some parents, it will be, uh, families can be complicated.
0: Yes. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, you know, especially if there's blended families or there's remarriages, think there's lots of moving parts there. And like you say, I think most parents really desire, their heart's longing is that their family will stay intact after they have passed away. But it is those unclear wills or those maybe miscommunications or where maybe mom and dad have said something to one child but uh-huh. not the other. Yeah. And so this expectation is there. And then, like you say, all of a sudden there's a surprise and it's an unpleasant surprise. Or, you know, the the will might say, or the, the parent may say, you guys can deal with it when I'm gone. Yeah, That's not a good gift to leave our children. No.
0: So, and we, like we said, like we understand why it's hard for kids to bring this up. They don't want to offend their parents and stuff. Why do you think it's hard for parents to bring this up with their children sometimes?
1: I think we often are uncomfortable thinking about, that we may die, Mm -hmm. that we may become ill um, and life may not go on, that there may be a a major transition in our life and it's usually health that's going to trigger that. And so I think sometimes there's that. I think sometimes parents have the feeling that's our business. Mm -hmm. That's none of your business until like (laughs) what we have, the monies we have, uh, that's our business. You don't need to know of that. Uh, You'll find out After we're gone, the will will tell you everything. Yeah. Uh, I guess I look at that and say I think it's an unfortunate position to take or view to take because we all know we will pass away. So can we work at um, consciously and deliberately about creating real connections with our children and with our parents prior to the passing? Because in the back of our mind, every one of us, it's ticking there that… We are, none of us have many guarantees of the future.
0: That's right. And that's one of the things is no guarantees of the future, right? So you might think, well, I've got lots of time. We can put it off. But unfortunately, we know the reality of a broken world is some things happen by surprise, right? Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. And it is, it's, I think it's just under 50% of people have a will in, in Canada. Yeah. And of those, many of them are so outdated Like, they were probably created when the children were about two, three, and four. Yeah. And now the adult children are 40 and 45. (laughs) And the parents are saying, oh, man, yeah, we have a will, but it's 40 years old.
0: Yeah. And your 40-year-old son's going to live with his aunt and uncle to to pass away. Uh, Yeah. And that – yeah, that's a great reminder too, like – not only to get a will, like me and my wife, still, I've been telling you for three years now, Merv, I'm going to make a will, right? <laughs> we still haven't, right? But not only to make that will, but to make sure it's updated as the years go on, I guess. And as yeah. a lot of things change just year to year, Never mind five, 10 or 20 years. So. Yeah.
1: And I think also for a lot of people, the, the idea of, of dealing with a will, it can seem like it's an overwhelming task. Because there are quite a few moving parts to it. Yeah. Um, We have to remember uh, that a will is really just our directive. I often compare it to when you have little kids and you're bringing the babysitter in for an evening. Yeah. And you write a note to the babysitter, leave a note, you know, cereal at 8 o'clock, you know, pajamas on at 7.30, you know, brush their teeth. You're just kind of telling what do you expect. And that's really what a will is for for adults. Mm. What do we want to have happen with what we have created over our lifetime? And how can we do it in order that we are making the decisions and the choices and directing it rather than if there being no will, then the provincial guidelines come in and start to direct it. It's now out of of everyone's hands.
0: And I guess we had mentioned taxes at the start of this. I guess a part of having a good... out, well-thought-out estate plan is even things like taxes, right? And you can save money that way and help your family out as well.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, Taxes is is a huge part of it. If there isn't some good planning, probably half of what people thought was going to transfer to the people they cared about or the ministries they cared about, uh, it could be half of that is going to disappear to Revenue Canada Hmm. and then the rest get to divide up the other half. Uh, so from the from a money side, that's a, that's a significant part to consider. They really do get
0: you coming and going, don't
1: they? <laughs> they they, they <laughs> like that. <laughs> what, so how do we do
0: that then? How do we plan out a, a well-thought-out estate uh, with you?
1: I think there are some steps that can be taken. Uh, and I, we have some information that if people want, they can get a hold of us and we'll send some information out to them. But one of them is, is just called a three-step planning process. And it really is just to help people get a process going. The, the first one would just be to think. you know, Think about what are your wish, wishes for such things as funeral arrangements, distribution of assets, about the family, home, other personal possessions you have. Who's going to be your executor or executrix? Mm-hmm. Like who's looking after this whole thing? Yeah. Uh, are there special bequests that you have? Uh, is there charitable giving that you want to be a part of it?
0: Yeah, speaking of legacy, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. a really important thing to think about.
1: It's a huge thing. And with the charitable giving thing, that's it can lower taxes fairly significantly by by doing that. So the money is going to go somewhere anyway. Right. It's either do I direct it, so it goes to my family and charities, or do I not direct it? And Revenue Canada gets a lot of it. Hmm. So I think the number one thing was just, just to think and to have those conversations as as a couple or as an individual. What do I really want? Um, then the next second one I think would be to talk and that would be to have these essential conversations with the important people who will be involved or impacted or possibly disruptive. Mm-hmm. Like we commented that yeah. families can be complicated and there can be a disruptive person in there that makes this whole process difficult. And so if that can be, if those discussions can be done beforehand, it just makes it so much easier down the road. Yeah. And then the final one would be take action. So we've thought about what do we really want? We've had some conversations and then now take action. What are we going to do to do this? Let's update our will, you know, power of attorney, a health directive, those sort of things, because otherwise it leaves those that we care about making decisions in a very emotionally uh, difficult time. Yeah. And we often don't make wise and healthy decisions in a very difficult time, emotionally difficult time.
0: And you might not even know where these things are, right? I guess my family, we've gotten it half right so far. A few years ago, my dad and mom, uh, they passed on some, you know, they they wish to not be resuscitated, right? And certain things like that. So yes. they let us know that. Yeah. And they gave me and my brother both the paperwork. I've got it in my filing cabinet. I know where it is, but I didn't talk about it. with. They gave it to me. I was like, mm-hmm, it felt uncomfortable <laughs> and it just stopped right there, right? But yeah. I guess we got halfway there at least. So I know those wishes. Yeah. Where in the middle of a circumstance, you're in an ER and you might not know the yeah. parents' wishes, right?
1: Yeah. And I think that's a gift that your parents have given to your you and your brother right to to outlay, outline some of those wishes,
0: yeah, and the decision isn't mine or his now right no. we don't have to argue if one wants one and one wants the other, right yeah. no, this is what dad and mom want, yeah, and that's what we're doing.
1: Yeah. All you have been asked to do is to fulfill their wishes to mm-hmm. the best of your ability mm-hmm. And that's where I think, and the executor or the executrix, like I mean, the person that is being chosen to to look after this, yeah, uh, you know, that person I think really needs to be informed because they can often be caught in a a very um, difficult position because their role is to honor the parents' wishes and have that carried out.
0: Man, What a privilege that is! Hey, <laughs> like it, it's also it could be stressful, I guess, and a lot of responsibility placed on you, but what a privilege at the same time. To it be is in a that.
1: privilege to carry out your parents' wishes. Yeah. Um, but it can also become a real difficult place because the parents may mm. have certain desires and wishes that they have relayed to this person that they've entrusted um, this with, whereas the other family members may have different views. They mm-hmm. may not even be fond uh, of who was chosen. That Fam- could be sibling rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's where I think these uh, conversations come in as to why was that person chosen? We're mm-hmm. not trying to slight anyone else in the family. There's specific reasons. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so it's important to talk about these things, but like they say, talk is cheap. We can't just talk about it then, right, I guess? Right. So what do we do after these conversations?
1: Well, then I think stuff needs to be put down in in writing. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where your will needs to be updated. Uh, If in the conversations with the children, uh, certain situations have come up that you've been able to clarify, to put that stuff in writing so that there's not these unanswered questions down the road and these these gaps.
0: Um, You mentioned uh, power of attorney and a will in those two terms. Now, a lot of people, I think, know what a will is, but a, a lot of people, you've heard power of attorney. Maybe we don't uh, fully understand what power of attorney is, though. Can you explain a little bit about
1: that? Well, a power of attorney, if you were designated, Mike, as the power of attorney for your parents, that means that you have the power to make the decisions for them if they become incompetent of making them.
0: So they're living still. They are living. But they can't make decisions for whatever reason Than I'm making them. So that's different from an executor where that's after death and you're carrying out the wishes of the estate then.
1: That's correct, yes. Yeah, like I had a call just recently from a lady who is both the power of attorney and the executrix. Mm -hmm. So she was trying to make some decisions for her father who was not well in a care home. Um, And she also commented that there were some tensions within the family already over these things. So yeah, power of attorney is... What happens while I'm still alive, like you described? The will is after I've passed away.
0: Uh, what are some of the uh, excuses that you hear from people? I could probably list them off because I've given them to you over the last three <laughs> years. But... Well, okay, I'll let you give them. <laughs> well, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I've got lots of time, right? Uh, do you hear that one often, I imagine? Yeah, like, you're just a young man. I'm 40, like, what right? happened like to you? My wife's 33, 34, right? We've got lots of time and yeah. I'm busy. Here's the biggest thing, though, is. I don't know. I don't know what I want to happen yet when I die. Yeah. I can't
1: decide, right? And and that is a difficult one for people. And another really difficult one for young parents with young children. Who do we designate as the caretakers of our children in yeah. case we both pass away because the thought of that just really, really goes against us because we know no one will raise them the way we would raise right.
0: them. Yeah. And it's hard, right? It and is then so hard. To the say, other yeah. thing is, I feel like I'm going to offend half our family, right? We're going to choose one sibling or friend <laughs>
1: over the others and then they're all, I, yeah, it's yeah. a hard decision. <laughs> they, they, they are hard topics to deal with yeah. because they are, their heart issues.
0: Yeah. But way better to make that decision, I guess, yeah. and yeah. have it in place than, you know, heaven forbid something happen. And then the family has to fight it out and figure it out on their own after.
1: It's answering some of those what if questions. And those what if questions are hard to answer. Like this one, what if we would both pass away and our children are left without their biological parents? Yeah. But if we don't answer that, the question is still there. Right. Five years from now, I'm just five years older, but the question is still there. What happens? I don't know.
0: I guess it's a little like seeing the uh, fuel light come on and you're like, well, I can't decide where to get gas. I'm just going to ignore it and keep driving <laughs> and before you know it, well, you're stuck on the side of the road stranded then. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, uh, also like – Like you said too, um, it's hard to come to to decide and that is often as couples, um, ah. we have disagreements yeah. on I some of issues. I was just going to ask issues. you if
0: you see that. Like husband and wife can't agree sometimes. Yeah. And then what do they do?
1: <laughs> it it generally stalemates hmm. and it just sits there and uh. it's, it's just kind of left on the back burner and, and not addressed and not, not closed.
0: Yeah. So somehow we've got to start these conversations, husband and wife or mm-hmm. with your kids or whoever, get them started, start taking action and then... And then, like you said, talk about it once it's in place. Like, here are the wishes and here's where they are and yeah. here's where you need to find everything.
1: And, and initially, like you say, for the, the couple themselves to have these conversations, because they really do need to be on the same page when it comes to this.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the other things too is, you know, unfortunately the reality of death is, like, dying can be expensive, right? There's a lot of costs involved. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, may, if... If there's these things aren't in place, well, the funds to help pay for them could also be tied up in the middle of that. Then, right?
1: That can become a huge thing where funds are frozen. Yeah, and no decisions can really be made, or decisions have to be made, but there are no funds, you know, even to cover sh- living expenses for the short term, because, uh, and and sometimes that is how uh, bank accounts are, are structured or set up if it's all in one person's name. Uh, There was an example just a few years ago, uh, lots of funds available, but they were all in the husband's name. He passed away, and there was no will, and so everything was frozen, and so that left the wife pretty hand-tied.
0: Tell us the stats, especially regarding women experiencing widowhood and things that surround that.
1: That's an area that has really been piqued in me the last while is that about 80% of women are going to experience widowhood. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, in my work, there are some women that are actively involved. They're, they know what's happening with their finances. And in others, the, the husband is, takes certainly more of the leading role. And sometimes the, the spouse really isn't interested and isn't aware of what's going on. And yet, probably about 80 to 90% of women in general at one point in their life are going to have to look after the money. Because yeah. we men tend to check out sooner. <laughs> and the average age of a widow in Canada, and this is mind boggling, is fifty seven.
0: Wow. Yeah, that it like that's young that, to me, that, right? That's super young.
1: That is that is very young. Now the vast majority are over sixty-five. Okay. But when you take the average right. it is is fifty-seven, uh, a widow is probably going to live at least eighteen years on on her own. And the other interesting stat is that about 80% of widows are, are living poorly now compared to what they were when their husband was still alive. Hmm. So diff- in a- different finances like the, uh, you yeah. know, flow differently. And um, yeah, so I think it, it is really, really important. Again, this is now for husbands and wives to have those conversations. And what I encourage... Uh, husbands, uh, couples, make sure you're talking to each other. And, I mean, I always try to when I'm meeting with them to make sure that the the wife is, is informed as to what's doing, why we're making these decisions, because the reality is, I mean, and I explain this to them, you know, I always pick on the guy, say, you're going to leave sooner. We yeah. happen to do that. <laughs> so you, spouse, you need to be, you want to be more informed, take a greater interest in it. Yeah, uh, become aware of it because the chances are you're going to have to anyway.
0: It's so interesting and often like I know that it it's not like um, a gender role thing necessarily, right? It's just the way it plays out in families. One is m- more interested or better dealing yeah. with the money and ins and outs, and the other is often like ah, you just do it right. And in my own family, it is me. I do all the the money and budgeting and. I've been thinking about that sometimes though. It's like, I wonder if Katie even knows about these three Mm. savings accounts that we have. I should tell her about them at least, right? And where they are just in case something happens to me.
1: One of the divisions I often see sort of of tasks is often the the mom is looking after the month-to-month budgeting. Like you Uh, say in your family, it's different. Yeah. But often it's the moms doing, they know what the grocery costs are, the clothing costs, like the husband has no clue. Yeah. Whereas he is looking after the the insurances and the investments, gotcha. that sort of thing. So they yeah. have their important roles that they're looking after, finances, but they're two different fields and two different areas. And um yeah, and for the for the, the, the woman often they're not aware of where the bigger dollars are and what's what's building for the future and what's going to be there. Uh, to sustain them.
0: I guess we've talked a lot about the financial risk of not having a well-planned estate and not talking about, but there's lots of, of like emotional risk as well, right? If things aren't thought out and uh we don't have a good plan for our families to go off of, then yeah, there's emotional deficits <laughs> that we could be running in our family.
1: There are, and we all know that emotions are so high around someone passing away. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very difficult time. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether the relationship was very good with the person who passed away or very bad. Yeah. The emotions are still there. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be very different ones. For some, it will be uh, the grief, the, the the loss. For another person, it may be the guilt that I didn't have a good relationship. I, I wish it could have been better. Um. You know, the beneficiaries may not agree with or may not understand what the parents had really wished, what their some of their bequests were. Um, some of the things I always I think about, I think about these
0: things a lot. My dad was a funeral director, right? So maybe I think about death more than ordinary people. <laughs> You're not very ordinary when you grow up that way. But one of the things I think about all the time is like, uh, my in-laws they have a family cottage and i just worry like mm. when they pass away actually sometimes i love that place and it's uh it's a real place of rest for me but sometimes i wish they would just sell it now <laughs> so we don't have to deal with it because we don't know what the plan is in the future right so right. Do you see that a lot? Things like that pop up and cause problems, actually? For sure. And what is the solution?
1: (laughs) Cottages can be a real sore spot Hmm. because, like you say, a lot of family memories have been created there. Yeah,
0: so many memories,
1: right? So many memories with mom and dad and with the family and with cousins and friends and that sort of thing. Yeah. And everyone loves the cottage, but the cottage takes maintenance. The cottage is an expense. And now all of a sudden, if mom and dad aren't there, and let's say there's four children and it's supposed to be divided up among the four children, yeah. well, two of them might be living out of province. Yeah. Two of them may not have much interest in it anymore, but they're all expected to chip in yeah. and carry the costs. And uh, that comes up quite often. Yeah. And so often in cases like that, if it works out, one or two family members will buy out the others because, hey, we use it regularly. Yeah. Or if it just becomes a sore, sore spot in, in everyone's life, the easiest, like you say, is maybe it's just time to sell it and say, we've had wonderful memories there. Yeah. Let's close that chapter on a good note.
0: Yeah. And who knows, maybe you're in a spot where you could sell it and you're able to take that money and divide it up now and give it to your kids and, hey, yeah, take your share and go make your own memories or you save it for later or you give it to your charities or whatever, right? For sure, yeah. Like that. Uh, anything else that we should be thinking about as we... Uh, I think everybody understands by now the important – like I've got to plan my estate, but what else should we be thinking about? Anything else?
1: Just one thing I would add is that generally when think people think about wills or estate planning or legacy planning, they think that's for the older people. We all have estates. We all have legacies. You're you're young. You've got young children at home. You have an estate. You have legacy. Yeah. Uh, so we're all in there. Uh, it just becomes a more um, – re- maybe more relevant or more necessary as we age mm-hmm. because based on the timeline, our clock is ticking. Right. So we don't have quite as many years uh, like that. But I think everyone, everyone has an estate. Everyone wants to leave a legacy. We want that legacy to be good. Uh, no, just the other thing I would, would add, end it with, is that we do have some resources available for people. Uh, one is called 10 Reasons to Have an Estate Plan. There's an estate planning checklist. Uh, This material that we chatted about today, kind of a three-step planning process, Uh, and there's another uh, 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 resource we have called a wealth transfer. Again, preparing, if you are going to be transferring financial wealth, preparing those that are going to receive it so that they handle it well. And, uh, I mean, it's not that we do estate planning, we're not lawyers, we're not uh, that sort of stuff, but our, our hope is just that if we can trigger these conversations and people. If we can give them a few resources to help them talk to each other, talk to their children, just process some of these things, start putting some things in place. It will just make it better for everyone involved. Because I think when these questions or these things are addressed, it gives people a different sense of confidence and contentment Hmm. in their overall financial plan because things are in order.
0: Uh, one of the things I appreciate about you and Brendan at Fresh Ground is what I've heard through this entire conversation is this is all about making sure that people's values are th- talked about and thought about, and that's yeah what you're saying. You can help people figure out their values and make sure that it's has a plan in place for when they do pass away.
1: Yeah, the the money is secondary, right? Great advice. Thanks so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, or if you want to listen to any of our other conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastfil.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.